Hey everyone, welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. Uh, this is episode two, where we kind of just talk about what it's like to be a software engineer in the modern day. I've got my co-host here, Alan. Hey, that's me. And of course, my name is Min, and we'll jump right into it, guys. Yeah, so so if if you remember uh, where we left off last time, we, we ended up with... Uh, the question, what makes a, a good senior engineer? And I had left off with, it's not always technical. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that, Min? Yeah, I, um, I love that. I love that topic. I think that uh, a lot of people are caught up thinking that it's technical stuff, you know? Uh, it's kind of one of those things, once, you've, uh, once you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, I think uh, a lot of engineers fall into that same trap. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so there, there, there is a. I, I think the technical piece is very important to the to being a senior too. You're not, if you're not going to ever get senior if you're never great at the technical part, right? Like, yeah, like you could be an absolute boss at being a people person, but if if there's if, if you have no experience with like architecture design or anything like that, you might, you might struggle a bit with, with being a senior because, you know, a lot of junior engineers, mid level engineers are going to come to you for, you know, technical advice when they're working on something. So right. you, you do have to have a little bit of knowledge uh, uh, about it. But uh, you know, like I said, it's not always technical either. Um, you know, going back to, you know the juniors and mid-level engineers coming to you for for technical advice for what they're they're working on part of part of being a good senior though is being able to communicate clearly uh and and you know helping helping folks with with solving the problems that they're facing yeah you know i uh, i like that I, I like that you kind of uh mentioned that like so helping people actually solve problems i think that that's when you when you start to kind of break down what technical even means I think like a lot of people get a lot of different ideas in their head, right? There's technical in the sense that like, oh, I just asked a question and you already have the answer, right? There's technical in the sense of like, you you seem to know all the trivia out there possible, right? I could ask you any language trivia and you're like, yeah, I got it. And you're, and you know, and you're able to answer any kinds of those questions. But even even that I really don't think is is much of a requirement, right? It so happens that really technical people over time just tend to gather a lot of that kind of information, but it's not necessarily a requirement, you know? I feel like I've met some really, really, what, who, what I would consider really strong technical engineers who had not a ton of experience with a lot of different languages, you know, but they're also the type of people that if you posed a situation to them, they'll be able to reason it out very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of being a senior is having gone through some of the hoops that most people will eventually go through. And uh, with that comes, you know, understanding the, the gotchas that, that sort of, you've had to stumble through or, or learn from someone else about and being able to just recall some of those gotchas fairly quickly without having to re-experience them is, is what, in my opinion, sets you aside from a, a mid-level or a junior engineer. Yeah. Um, 
and and you know to, to to some extent and this is maybe i'll ask you right now but you know what what makes the difference between like a senior engineer and say a technical lead right like mm. there, there's there's i i feel like there's a little bit of nuance there but you know i i want to get your your input on that first yeah yeah i I see. So technical lead is interesting because you, you could have gone in a very different direction with that question. You could have gone like, okay, well, what's the next level after a senior, right? Some places they'll call it a staff engineer or they'll call it like maybe a principal engineer or something like that. Um, but you, but you, you specifically went to tech lead, which, or technical lead, which I, I feel like has an element. I broadly call it just project management because the idea is you're working with a lot of stakeholders and you are managing a lot of requirements, you know, um, and that, that, that's that's its own thing. Like, right. Like there's people who are who are going to enjoy that and then other people who aren't necessarily. But that's kind of aside from the matter. I feel like a technical lead is really somebody that you put in in place in a project and you kind of view them as the point person, you know. A lot of um, I kind of think of it as like a conduit for for information. You're taking a lot of the information from the implementers themselves, funneling it through the tech lead, and then the tech lead's responsibility is to kind of uh, take the important pieces and communicate that upwards. And then, likewise, it's also the tech lead's responsibility to take new information coming from outside the team and funnel that through. Uh, to the individual contributors as necessary, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, and I, I, I think, I guess where, where I'm coming from is sort of uh, a more, and this is from, you know, purely my experience and sort of where where my career has taken me is, you know, there's, uh, and we spoke about this lightly before, but, you know, you generally, as your prog career progresses, you generally go down more of a, a people management track or, like a, a more technical track where you start really, really deep diving into whatever you're working on. Um, and when, when, you know, when I say technical lead, I, I think what I'm trying to tease apart is um, you are the person that is going to essentially make the technical decisions, whether or not, you know, you, you implement one strategy for tackling a specific problem or use a, like a whole different strategy, right? Like you're the one that makes that call. Uh, and I think what makes, you know, sort of tying back into what makes a good senior engineer, you're the one that's supposed to take all the inputs, whether that's from product, whether that's right. from your, the engineers who are at, like in, in the weeds working mm -hmm. uh, underneath you and sort of taking all those inputs and sort of guiding the ship, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes sort of, back to what you're saying you're you're filtering the data that's mm -hmm. coming in and and presenting it to the stakeholders whether that that is your product person or or your other engineers um because i think uh to, to some extent uh as as a lead whether that's technical or not you are sort of um the person that that needs to gather the requirements and then uh figure out what what the next move is yeah you know, in, in a slightly different um, perspective uh, on the same point, I think it's, uh, I think of it as the person who's responsible, you know, for ultimately responsible and accountable for the outcome. 
and like how they necessarily get to that, whether it's they, they're pulling in more expertise, more niche ex expertise, it kind of doesn't matter as much. But generally speaking, I've seen businesses look at technical leads as like the ultimate person who is responsible for that. So if it catches on fire later, they're the ones that get called. They're the ones that are going to have to answer for that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I can totally, totally agree with that. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's interesting because a majority of my career is working for, for startups. And I think you've had the opportunity to work at places that have sort of been situated for for more than a couple of years at a time. Um, and I, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, you bring up, you know, staff engineers and principal engineers. I've never been at a company where we've had any yeah. of those titles. And again, I think that contributes back to just being part of, you know, the startup life is, you know, we're, we're constantly moving fast. We're not mm -hmm. thinking about career progression necessarily. Uh, it's, it, it's nice to have it, but, you know, it's not the priority. Yeah. Uh, at least for the companies I've had. And so I think from for from my experience, like I legitimately um, I want I want to ask you this, like where where does, say, someone like a technical lead or just a lead in general stand on uh, not necessarily like an org structure or organization hierarchy, but what is their relationship in in regards to someone like a staff engineer or a principal engineer? Like I. For, for me, I don't necessarily understand that relationship quite I yet. I think that's a very interesting question. And and I, I guess to answer that, I want to uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, expound? Is that the word? On <laughs> I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, the the types of levels and roles that I've seen that, that you know, staff or principal or any, any title beyond senior has kind of shown itself. Um, I think a lot of us are probably more used to seeing like numbers, like software engineer one, mm -hmm. engineer two, three, all the way up through five or 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and in all honesty, I've, I've seen those titles, staff, principal, and whatever engineer thrown around at other places as well. And they didn't have much of a distinction. Um, if I'm being honest, I think a lot of those places, they sort of just find new titles when people need promotions, need raises, and there's like nothing past where, wherever they're currently at, right? So there, right. it's not so much function-based. It's more of um, progression, <laughs> out of a need for progression for those individuals. Um, anyways, to, to, to your question, where does a tech lead kind of stand uh, in relation to all of that? I think that that's really, really tough. One aspect or one perspective that I've seen uh, that companies have taken for um, staff and beyond, they are uh, they are measures of influence. Uh, so I'm referencing Mozilla's um, career progression specifically. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't worked at Mozilla, but uh, their their career ladder is published and people can look at it. One distinctive element of that is your circles of influence. And uh, as you go higher and higher, uh, beyond senior, beyond uh, staff and all of that, you start to influence more people. And the, the special thing there is you're influencing people outside of your immediate team. You're influencing more than just, you know, your four or five peers or even your four or five to 15 neighboring peers. You start to influence departments, 
teams of teams eventually whole orgs and it's kind of crazy for their ladder eventually they they uh one of the spheres of influence is the industry itself you know <laughs> oh, man. yeah if you're at the top making uh doing ted talks and stuff i guess that's uh that's at the very top of the ladder but you're an industry leader you know so an, an influencer if you will. an influencer yeah <laughs> but that's kind of a that's that's kind of the direction that i tend to think uh, with relation to your question, you know, like where does staff engineer fit? I think it's still an individual contributor who perhaps can be roped in as a subject matter expert on one or more domains, maybe even a domain that's not directly tied to their team. You know, I think right. we've all I think we've all had that experience where there's just like that one dude who seems to know a little bit about everything or a lot about everything. Right. And you can always come to him and and or him or her and uh, ask for their opinion on uh, whatever it is you're building, right? right? Right. That's kind of where I see it. The difference, though, you can get advice from them, but they're not ultimately responsible for every project that they put their hands in, right? Right. And I I, I think that's a very clear or not clear uh, a very apt distinction to make is accountability for whatever it is they mm -hmm. be overseeing, right? Like. As as a lead, you're you're, ex and again, my experience, um, as a lead, you're sort of expected to understand how whatever you're working on is integrating with the rest of the organization or even third party uh, applications. But you know, having that knowledge doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be accountable for how everything else is functioning, right? Right. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, that's that's a good distinction. Um, Pivoting a little bit here, uh, sort of, you know, along the lines of roles and and uh, titles. One one thing I'm noticing a lot of in in job postings and job descriptions is a, a distinction between what what a full stack engineer is and oh. you know a mobile <laughs> engineer or front end back end whatever. Yeah, uh, and I've 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 had some interesting. Uh, conversations with with members around you know what what does full stack engineer actually mean yeah. right on 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 one in one corner uh it's it's a catch-all it's uh we just need someone to do everything mm -hmm. uh but there's there's obviously downsides to that you're not specialized in anything uh you, you know you're like the uh jack of all trades master of none <laughs> sort of deal that's not to say that, you know, folks who are full stack aren't great at what they do, but they're not subject matter experts necessarily, right? Mm. Um, and so, like, what? how do you feel about, about companies sort of using that full stack engineer to describe a position versus, say, being very explicit around what domain that they'll be working in. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's such an uh, that's that's such an interesting question as well. I think like a lot <laughs> a lot of our talk today is going to be uh I, I think there's a, a bit of an undertone in that depending on what you're seeing or how you're seeing companies describe themselves in the in these ways like differences between senior staff, tech lead and all of that um and full stack, I think it tells you a little bit about how the org is actually physically organized and how they actually build software 
Um, and, and what I mean by that is I've, uh, I've seen organizations where they will use the term full stack because they are really bought into the idea of cross-functional um, and the idea that leadership or, or whoever is deciding the priority, they can throw a, a, an idea, a completed idea at a team and they can have relative confidence that that team can implement the entire idea all the way through to basically the customer itself, right? And, and in teams that are really, really highly cross-functional like that, yeah, there is a, actually a ton of benefit to having people who can work, you know, I kind of think of it as like a vertical slice where you can go all the way from the top straight to the bottom, your data layer, um, all the way up to your user experience, right? And th there is something to be said about that. At the same time, though, I have seen like job postings, uh, kind of referencing what you're you're talking about, where full stack is sort of used as just like a nebulous term to say like we just need somebody who knows everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I. You know. And obviously, again, I work. I have worked, and seemingly am attracted to startup companies for whatever mm. reason and so a lot of the the job postings are full stack but i think that's also to your point is what how how's the organization uh operating right now and given that uh, you know for for a startup they don't necessarily they may not necessarily have an idea where they fit in the market yet so they don't know where to concentrate right so having I think a full, uh, a quote unquote, full stack engineer gives them that flexibility to yeah. pivot as needed. Um, whereas you, you look at bigger companies like uh, an Amazon or uh, I don't know, a uh, Adobe, they, they have very, very specific right. titles, front end UI engineer, or, right. you know, like if I were to you. look at a job posting for Adobe and it was a back end role, for one, I, I would feel uh, a little unprepared for that myself just because I have a feeling a back-end role at Adobe is going to require something like, uh, you know, really in-depth knowledge about image formats and, and like, uh, things like that, right? Right. Compression algorithms, middle out, something like that, right? <laughs> Mid middle out, is that a... Uh... <laughs> What was that Silicon Valley uh, yeah. reference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So, um, you know, that, and that that's kind of the distinction that I, I think, like, it, it's kind of hard, right? You, you sort of have to know the company that you're looking at in order to make that determination. Um, I think you have a really great point, though. It's, it's about versatility for a lot of startups. And, uh, and, and really, when I, if I saw full stack in, in a, startups uh, job listing that's exactly where my head would go i'd be like okay this this place needs someone who can pretty much do everything because they're not exactly sure what direction they're going to be going and that's normal right mm -hmm. i i don't want to say that as if it's like oh this company doesn't know what they're doing it's like reality check no startup knows exactly what they're doing and that changes on a daily basis right. and it should right <laughs> right. right right yeah um yeah. That, so that 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 kind of plays into a thought that popped into my head about business context matters, right? Ooh, yes. Uh, like like you said, uh, a, a position at say Adobe is they're 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 probably looking for something very specific. 
whereas you know a, a back end for somewhere like Amazon might be completely drastically different. They're facing different problems. And so yeah. while you may be a great backend engineer for Adobe, your your specific skill set might not be completely applicable to another company. Um, and so, you know, like that that's something, at least in my journey, I've had to be very cognizant of, you know, when, when applying for jobs, it's like, I've done full stack, but the problems <laughs> I faced as a full stack engineer here does not apply to this other company here right so that that's a a good good point to bring up too um and i i hope that we don't get targeted by adobe or amazon for <laughs> name dropping <laughs> i don't there... i don't think we we said anything negative right <laughs> no i i don't think we said anything negative i mean I, I for everyone out there that might be listening like amazon and adobe i think they're they're excellent companies i i use amazon and adobe yep. uh products pretty much all day every day so it's uh yeah i mean they're they're, they're good companies you know regardless of uh of like their their specifics on job listings and Right, Any right. of that? I'm 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 ordering a new microphone as we speak. Of <laughs> so <laughs> take that as you will. Yeah. Um, so that that's a that's a good segue. Uh, you know, we're we're obviously in our our second podcast here. Um, one one thing I think we've talked about off off the air is you know name dropping. You know, uh, you you've got a little bit more experience in the public domain than I do. Um, <laughs> what what do you? Do do you play any any specific uh, care around not name dropping? Like, is there anything you fear about you know maybe slipping up and saying something bad oh, about I, whatever? You know, I um and and to just tie this back to the the previous point of 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 like senior versus not. Well, there's an element of being a senior that I think uh, gets overlooked entirely, and and it's it's maturity, you know, um. I just last night I was binging some Shark Tank uh, just because I don't know why I got onto that, but I, I just did. And I was watching some episodes of Shark Tank and there were some of these entrepreneurs who were pitching and they were very, very careless around their words. Right. And one of the sharks put it best when he, he said, I don't want to work with this person regardless of how good their product is because they don't take any care into what they just said in front of me. That means they're probably not going to take any care in other situations. That's far too risky, right? In today's age of like social media and everything like that, and the internet has everything forever, they're like, you can't ever take something that you say publicly back, even if it's in poor taste, even if it's, you can apologize for it or whatever, but that stays with you, right? So when it comes to like name dropping, you... You, you, I, I do take some some special care in in considerate in considering that. I think in positive lights, <clears throat> excuse me, in positive lights, like I think it's okay, and you just have to really think through the context um, that you're you're about to do that, right? Like I, I have no problem saying like Amazon this, Adobe that, because like I honestly I think that they're they're respectable companies, right? Um, they're also big enough that it's it's like everyone kind of knows them, so it's right. not quite so much. But like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily name drop my own uh, the the company I'm working for, um, just in a casual sense, right? Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to even put out the 
image that you might be representing them or, or a particular view when that's not entirely true, right? Right. Even so, so even if it was true, you probably still don't want to be be airing your grievances in a public space like that. Yeah. Um, purely because you know you 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 don't know who your next employer yeah. is. They might be they might check out your your social media content if it's out there, and they'll say they'll see that you know you're airing your grievances during yeah. this time. <laughs> your, your resume, your your LinkedIn profile shows like you were working there during this time. And so yeah. Like, I don't want to hire this guy because we know he's going to start badmouthing us if, if for whatever reason he becomes yeah. angry, right? Um, and you know that kind of speaks to maybe you should find a, a better outlet for for your frustrations. <laughs> exactly. I I think that that's the I think that that's the key point there, right? It's like like you we're not saying that you don't have a right to be upset or you don't have. A, a good reason to be upset by your current company, current situation, or whatever. Uh, but there comes a point where there's an expectation that you can take that energy, that negative feeling, and you can be productive with it. You can channel it towards something that's non-destructive. Uh, and, and that is a very telling um, sign of maturity, you know? I, ironically, uh, from my own past, this is uh, this is you know probably surprising to, to to come out of my mouth because uh, in the past I would be very very you know uh, sulfur and brimstone kind of uh... <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah uh, but over time I kind of started to realize that you know it, it was it was never about it was never about taking away the legitimacy. Of criticism but it was always about like do you have the maturity to really consider the best means the best vehicle for for those criticisms right mm -hmm. and uh, you know I, uh, I i i forgot where i heard this but um even even if you have the best message in the world if your delivery sucks then then you know you basically tank the message itself so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know I, I think there's there's something to say about intentionality and being very specific about what you're trying to convey um i'm i, I recently went through and read uh radical candor by kim scott Ooh. uh and a big portion of the mess the message that i got from that book is be very clear and be very specific right mm -hmm. because there's there's a very fine line about how folks might take a message as a, a, a an attack on who they are versus an a, a, a criticism of of their behavior or their work right right um and you know that that is totally applicable to you know your online media presence as as a a person as yeah. an employee you know be very intentional because if you just throw out a message out there everyone can assume that that was your intent whether right. whether or not it was you think so or not right so you know yeah yeah I, no that's there's there's an interesting um i i almost think of it as like the other side of that coin radical candor is an excellent um it's an excellent book i i suggest anybody Honestly, anybody who is serious about their career in general, I think should read that book. 
uh, it gives you a lot of really, really good context around providing feedback. And that's probably one of the hardest skills to, to get comfortable with uh, professionally. You know, mm -hmm. um, humans are, are by default pretty conflict averse. And uh, feedback, just the word feedback already puts people in a very defensive uh, posture, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah. on, the, on the flip side of that, though, uh, is another book, uh, Critical Conversations. Um, it, it's, another, uh, it's another book about communication there. I, I think of it as the other side because um, if radical candor is how you say things and how you are bringing intent into the things that you're, you're going to express, then radical or uh, excuse me, critical conversations is the other side of that. It's the listening side, and it's the the how to assume positive intent, and how to rewire your brain so that you are not feeling like everything said to you is an attack on you personally. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think the two go very very well. Uh, they go very hand in hand, and. Yep. Um, gives you kind of a nice format to to start having a lot of really productive productive conversations right, and feedback right. yeah and and to add add on to that uh whole feedback thought is not not only is giving feedback is extremely hard receiving it right <laughs> no no one wants to be told that there's something wrong with them whether they need to hear it or not and so yeah. part part of growing and you know being just a good human being in general is being able to say and accept that there are things you can work on and to actively ask your peers your 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 managers your direct reports for that feedback is crucial to, yeah. to making you a a good senior i was engineer. just about <laughs> i was just about to tie it back i think that that is so true like everything that we've talked about today i think is an absolutely critical part of if not making it to senior almost for sure making it past senior because there's i i've i have known no place that necessary that wants to actually promote people into those higher spheres of influence without knowing for a fact you have a lot of these skills down right because mm -hmm. it, it just it just makes it just makes plain sense um mm -hmm. uh, you can't put somebody into positions where they're going to be interacting, influencing more people, unless you know for a fact that a lot of these skills are, <laughs> are already uh, sussed out, you know? Right, right. And, you know, tying this back to our first episode about uh, removing the uh, another level of cognitive load on interactions here, uh, you know, being able to speak truthfully and clearly to folks uh you know helps in easing the the dynamics changes when you do jump on a new team or uh, a new team member comes in or even another team member leaving um and and sort of understanding that change is gonna happen uh regardless is is uh, you know separates you from from everyone else right uh and i i think for for folks humans in general change is is scary right it is yeah and and to be a senior to be a lead to be a manager is recognizing that difficulty and being able to adapt yeah and it, like i i i really like that because um that is 
almost a, an unspoken uh, expectation of being a senior and above, right? Like I have never met a senior who said they were, who, who said they didn't want to change because of a, a certain thing. And like that, that person would, you know, go on to be really, really successful. Generally speaking, if they were a senior already, people thought they were like the worst senior. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those expectations of, of, of life in general that people expect you to have made peace with, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do a hard pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Hard pivot. Obviously this is, uh, again, our, our second episode into the podcast. I don't think we've even released the first episode as of this recording. Um, <laughs> but you know, part, part of us sort of needing, I, I think for us to establish credibility, uh, we, we, you know, I'm going to throw out this idea, uh, of, you know, doing a deep dive into both of us right like who are we yeah and, and sort of giving folks an idea of you know where we come from and you know why our ideas might be relevant but also opening up the the floodgates for people you know asking us questions and uh you know uh, uh, uh criticizing us right <laughs> we, we gotta live what we're, we're preaching here. right absolutely and i and i think that that's that's part of uh uh that's part of this process, right? Like as much as we want to kind of talk about our experiences and, and see what kind of nuggets that people can get out of that, uh, we're, we're opening ourselves up as well. You know, I think mm -hmm. that, uh, uh, that's the only way that we're ever going to really learn. So yeah, I invite, I invite all comments, questions, criticisms. It's all good. You won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> yep. Same, same. Just don't, don't sign me up for cat facts. <laughs> Although just putting that out there probably put me in a, a bad position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, what? You're not a fan of cat facts? No, <laughs> please don't. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a good idea. And for whatever reason, the, uh, have you seen those, those wired interviews on, on YouTube? Wired interviews? No, I don't think so. I, for whatever reason, I was, I was thinking of, of, those when i you know threw that idea out there probably doesn't apply to us because if you google our names nothing's going to come up <laughs> uh, oh actually you know i i think i do know what you, uh now that you mentioned that i think i do know what you're you're talking about they're like they'll just like google themselves and they'll just like laugh and talk about the results that come up and they're like wait what <laughs> yeah they they do uh what i don't know uh who's who's recent what dwayne johnson blah 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 and yeah then he has to answer it right <laughs> uh but uh yeah no i i, I think um putting ourselves out there and sort of living what we're, we're we're saying is a good step in establishing credibility and you know this this also applies to anyone listening uh as part of your jobs it's like uh re removing that intent uh the 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 I can't think of words right now. Um, <laughs> the fog of war, so to speak, when yeah. you enter a new dynamic. Just removing removing that that fear of you know what what are these people doing? What what's their yeah. intent? Um, and you know we'll we'll get into that when <laughs> when we do the recording for those. Yeah, but yeah. 
uh, any any do you have any other thoughts around um, what seem to be like roles and responsibilities uh, of of you know of uh, of seniors in general yeah I people mean, beyond can... yeah yeah I, uh, I I really like a lot of the the focus of the conversation today because it really outlines the idea that like the the technical component really is probably the smallest you know. Uh, most people who've made it that far, you show you have a capacity to to learn technology. Um, I guess like one thing that I would throw out there is uh, a, a new perspective I've been taking. Um, being I, I uh, so in entrepreneurship they call it being problem focused versus solution focused. And I think uh, earlier engineers, what will happen is anytime a problem is presented to them, they'll think, okay, this is the code that I can do or write to solve that problem. Uh, in actuality, most of life and most of like engineering really comes down to just how well you understood the problem itself, right? So mm -hmm. the perspective to take there is that a lot of people will come to you and they'll express what they believe is the problem. But in actuality, that's missing a lot of detail, it's missing a lot of context, right? Good senior engineers know to explore that and explore other information that's available in order mm -hmm. to formulate their idea of the problem, to better formulate their idea of the problem. And so that's how you get those, uh, uh, those Gordian knot situations, right? Where super complicated problem, not obvious solution at all, and then somebody comes along and just does the simplest thing, just slices it down the middle, right? Yep, yep. I mean, oh. that, that speaks to the old adage of uh, the client doesn't know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I, uh, uh, on, honestly, that, that makes me think of another, uh, another popular saying, I guess. I don't know if it's popular, but um, uh, your, your customer, so kind of like your customer is always right. Well, kind of. Your customer really understands the problems that they experience but they're horrible at solving them because mm -hmm. your your customer is the one that's always experiencing the the actual product itself and they can know they feel it deep down when something is not right about it and they can express that to you right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. they're also not at all equipped to be the one solving it and so when you are a senior engineer in those situations, we've all been on those forums where people are like, oh, well, they should just do this. They should just do that, right? It's very, very tempting to take one of those solutions and run with it as an engineer and be like, I could make that happen in tomorrow, you know? Right. But a, a good engineer slows down, says that's that's a signal, that's data, that's telling me something about this system needs improvement, and then a really good, uh, a really well, uh, uh, a, a, a good experienced engineer will take that information along with everything else, and they'll decide, okay, this is this is the direction that we should go, right? Mm -hmm. Given the entire context of the business, the customers, and everything like that, they'll figure out the right way. They'll figure out the one path to actually take. Right, right, and even even to some extent, uh, an experienced engineer might say this isn't enough data to work on let's go get more that, right that takes that yeah that's exactly uh that's an I, i'm really glad you brought up that point that's a a, a really really important distinction uh, an important point that i think a lot of people miss some 
have you ever been in one of those um uh riddle type interviews where they'll 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 throw you a question that you weren't ever supposed to be able to answer (laughs) yep yep been there yeah it's it's kind of one of those situations where like the real answer is to be able to look at the situation and say hold on there's not enough information here yeah right right (laughs) again again tying back uh trying to figure out what their actual requirements are right like yeah that's what you're digging for and you know and this is going to be probably a topic for another another time but you know where does the user come into play in in software processes and software development right like if part of the engineering process is is building out a solution to a problem how do we know like you said how do we know we're solving the right problem right yeah we obviously have to go back to the people who are experiencing the problem exactly but yeah that can be a topic for another time so i think that's good for uh this episode uh i really liked our conversation on on just seniors and i like that it had elements of technical stuff but not not too much you know Mm -hmm. um i hope that people find that useful and again we're open to any comments questions or feedback We'd love to answer uh, any questions that people actually have on this kind of stuff. Uh, I know we covered a lot of uh, different topics pretty quickly. Um, we'd love to go into more detail on any of that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, you, you'll probably find our, our contact information somewhere. TBD. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> right. Like all things, like all things, like all good software, it's always a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with that, don't uh, don't forget to tip your weight staff. <laughs>